And now, Shadows Over Stonewick. Chapter One Man in the Shadows The shrill blast of an auto horn blared through the hushed, foggy night. A young man, making his stealthy way down the empty street, started involuntarily, then paused for a moment. He hugged the concrete wall to his right, keeping well within the shadows. As the car passed, he exhaled a sharp breath and continued on, his heart thudding a hard rhythm within his chest. He had told himself a thousand times there was nothing to be afraid of. No one could have any idea what he was up to. It wasn't as if he was sneaking around in enemy-occupied territory. Yet such analysis was unable to quiet the pounding of his heart. There was no way he could have been followed. He had taken every precaution, every side street, used all the old ruses. But if someone had, by chance, slipped up at headquarters, enemy territory or not, it might mean his neck. There were, after all, dangers he knew nothing about. He hated to admit it, but he really knew very little about this game. He glanced at his wristwatch, but couldn't make out the tiny hands in the surrounding darkness. The blackout, meant to deter the German Luftwaffe, provided excellent cover for sneaking unnoticed through the streets, even though it did make his watch impossible to read. He had to find out the time. He couldn't be late. And he had another several blocks to go before reaching the bridge. The hour was late. The deserted streets bore clear witness to that. But you couldn't judge the hour by the activity. Londoners turned in early these days. Since war with Germany had become a reality over a year ago, the people toiled to the limits of human endurance to prepare their small island against the encroaching threat of Adolf Hitler. Seventy-hour work weeks left little physical reserve for walking at night, except for those whose work began at these nefarious hours. This particular nightcrawler knew all about factory work. He had put in his own share of long, tedious hours. He'd pushed pencils and brooms. He'd sat behind cluttered, wearisome desks, as well as cleaned them. So despite his frayed nerves on this night, the change from his past seven years of drudgery was welcome. Now he wondered how he'd tolerated the monotony for that long. He had tried to stick to a routine— he tried to hold a normal job, but it had been no use. His fingers and feet and senses had never gotten over their itch. All that time he had thought he was finished with occupations requiring eyes in the back of his head. But now it looked as if such employment had not finished with him. How great that sense of exhilaration felt, just like the old days. True, there was an added dimension to what he was doing these days fear. A wrongly spoken word, a mistaken contact, even an overly curious neighbour could land him squarely in a prison camp or in front of a firing squad. This was no game, as it had been before. Yet the terror only served to heighten the challenge, the thrill. At least now he was doing something, something useful, he hoped. Suddenly, the roar of an automobile broke into his thoughts as it rounded a corner and sped his way. He crouched out of sight and waited. The headlights were dimmed according to blackout regulations, but in the dull flicker of illumination it afforded, 
the time on his watch was clearly evident. It was three minutes to eleven. The man jumped out of his temporary shelter the instant the car was passed and immediately quickened his pace. His rendezvous was to take place at eleven sharp. If he missed it, he could not only endanger his contact, but would almost certainly quell his superior's willingness to confer another such assignment on him. All at once he heard footsteps, a regular beat of leather soles against the hard pavement, seemingly in perfect rhythm with his own, echoed behind him. His heart raced again, even as his feet slowed to a stop. He paused before a closed shop window, pretending to look at the wares behind the glass. It was hardly a believable ploy, since he could barely make out whether he was observing shoes, teapots, or women's hose. But at least it would tell him if the time had come to...